Pharisee, I preach the gospel I follow the apostles, you follow Pentecostals You're not reformed, so that's a risk I believe the five points like an asterisk I repent, but you're in sin still I spit rhymes and Fernando does a windmill well, Here we go and welcome to another episode of SoulCast It's your boy, Pastor Chris Hernandez And with my man, Jimmy De Los Santos How you doing, Pastor Chris? Pastor Henry Knox What's going on, people of the internet? What's going on, Pastor Chris? Hey, what's going on, my brothers? What's new? Jimmy just got back from uh, hanging G- out with G- James three. White and <laughs> James J- James White, Josh Bice, uh, Steve uh, Lawson. I mean, I didn't get too close to Steve Lawson, but I, I hung out with James White uh, while we were touring mm. the museum. Man, that was a lot of fun. I'm gonna tell yeah. you, man, that was a, that was a good time. And, and all those guys at G three went to Washington D.C. I spent the whole week, man. And uh, Rodion, our friend, uh, came with us, right, with me and uh, Brian and. And Jane and his wife, uh, Jane, uh, were out there as well. We we did some street preaching out in front of the White House, mm. man. So on Wednesday, the Wednesday before, the day before G3 started, we went out and uh, got on the box and preached in front of the White House, man. In the four minutes. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did you get a chance to talk to the uh, big guy? Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I When I went over, he was he was falling off a bike, and I didn't want to... <laughs> Didn't want to get into the middle of. Uh, Are you telling any- me you're not riding with Biden? <laughs> Come on, man. Well, he was too busy uh, pushing the illegal immigrants off his lawn. Uh, <laughs> oh God! That that, oh, or, that or I think he was busy busy writing some checks for some students that owed some debt or something like that. I, I, I don't know, you know. Yeah. So, well, I saw uh, Rodeo street preaching, man. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, they tell us walls don't work, but it, it was pretty walled up, man. Uh, you know. It was it was interesting. It was interesting. So I I'd never seen Washington before. It was really cool. We spent that day after we uh, well the day before we we spent the day on these bird scooters, where you know you, you buy some time on the app and you just scoot around. And we went from monument to monument mm. to monument. And uh, Brian's been out there before, so he just kind of like the tour guide, taking us from here to there and showing us the different monuments. But I I had a I had a great time. And we went to the Holocaust Museum. If you've never been to the Holocaust Museum. Really, definitely something that uh, will open your eyes uh, to some different things uh, that yeah. happened back in back in World War II. It was a good time. G three was great, man. I know it was a regional, and I heard somebody today say uh, like the mini G three or or the fake G three or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no, I think I think it was it was pretty good. Uh, you know what was interesting about this G three is that. There was a lot of people there that it was their first time to ever go to a G3. I mean, in fact, in fact, most of the people that I talked to or had a chance to talk to said, yeah, first time, first time ever. And so uh, really interesting to, to see, you know, and talk to those people that have never been before, never been to a national, uh, don't know what that's like. So uh, and now I'm, I'm looking forward to, to going next year in October or September uh, to, to the national conference when it's when it's really big in Atlanta. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't know about it, right? G3, when when you uh, kind of mention it, they're like, yeah, what's what's that? And then you kind of got to tell them what it is. It's not Triple G, the guy that lost to Canelo last <laughs> night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but props to, props to Triple G, though, man. 40 years old, hanging in there. Yeah, that's right? crazy, I mean, man. He, he went all crazy. 12 rounds. So. Jimmy, what does is, what is G3 stand, stand for? Gospel, grace, and glory. So they started back in uh, about 2013, a, a conference in just a Praise Mill Baptist Church out uh, in, a, in a suburb of, of Atlanta. And uh, it's grown into this really huge conference. Um, and so it's been it's been interesting to see the rise, but they're reformed guys. Uh, and they, you know, think a lot well, like we do. Yeah. Well, well, well. well. 
<laughs> but, uh, we'll leave that for another. We'll leave that for another. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, nah, so that's why. But that's why we're recording today, right? Because you got in late last night, so we have to record on a Sunday, making us miss the Cowboys. No, no, no. the Cowboys. <laughs> the Cowboys already played, and they, and they won. They beat the Bengals just a few minutes ago. Yeah. So we we waited until that was over, and and uh, you know, so was it? I think we we just kind of revealed that we waited till after our naps. <laughs> I, I I didn't really get a chance to nap since I was watching the game, but you know, and I tried to get a little nap in right after the game was over, uh, knowing that we were going to record here uh, at seven thirty. Well, for you uh, youngsters out there, you know, when you get older, you'll realize what's more important in life. You know, when you're young, <laughs> when you're youngest, the Cowboys, but when you get older and have kids, it's 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 a nap. It's a Sunday yeah, afternoon, yeah. especially if you're a pastor and you preach. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do any Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do any, I didn't do I didn't do any yeah. preaching this morning. So hey, who was know. that, man? Who, who, who was that that chimed in? <laughs> oh wow, yeah, that's Pastor Robert Castillo from uh, oh, the Ecclesi okay. Church. We got a yeah. special guest today. Yeah. Yeah. Greetings, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, hey, but before we we uh, talk about why we got Pastor Robert on on this uh, show, Jimmy, uh, you wanted to make an announcement. You know, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I we wanted to give you some time. So let's go ahead uh, and, and clear that up. Yeah, real quick, uh, in the in the past episode uh, or a couple of past episodes, we might have talked a little bit about um, an engagement that I had gotten into. And um, I've been approached a few times about, hey, you know, what's going on with that? Even out in G3, there was somebody that came up and asked me about it. Um, but even in, in my in my own church, uh, church family coming and asking, hey, what's going on with that? And so I'll just make the announcement here that that uh, it didn't happen and it's not going to happen. I know there might be a lot of questions. Uh, that's about as deep as I want to get into. It's not gonna. It's not gonna go any further. Uh, the marriage is not gonna take place. Um, the wedding's not gonna happen. And so, um, want, wanted everybody to know and hear it. You know, since uh, you know the questions might come up. I guess my thought was that as people asked, you know, I would let them know, hey, it's not gonna happen. But just to say this, she's great, woman of God, lovely, interesting, but it's not going to happen. And we'll just uh, put it that way. I would just say that there wasn't, uh, from my from my perspective, wasn't any sin on anybody's part. We'll just leave it at that. And so if anybody has a question like that or anything like that, that's that's where I want to go and just let everybody yeah. know that, man. No, I think I think that's good, brother. I really, we really appreciate that. I don't think you really owe anybody anything more than that because, uh, you know, you made a, you made the announcement here and now you're just making the announcement just to clear some things up. So really do appreciate mm-hmm. that. And I'm, I'm sure people out there appreciate that as well. So, yeah praying for everybody involved. But yeah, so let's talk about why we got this uh, special guest on. So this is uh, Pastor Robert Garcia. This, Pastor Robert, this is your, your second, third time on the show. Third time. Third time. Third time. Okay. Were you led here by the Holy Spirit? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what led you? What led you to jump I mean, on today? <laughs> well, I picked the show. The show picked me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah the, the show picked you before the foundation of oh, the man. podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we wanted to to bring Pastor Robert on because he's he's part of our you know uh, for those that, that don't know him out there you know we kind of keep in touch throughout the week on Twitter text and uh, actually on text and then Twitter messages and one thing uh, one tweet that we found last week that that kind of garnered a lot of attention between us and and uh, we wanted to bring Robert on to share what he thought as well because we're kind of talking on it on the Twitter feed was a tweet by uh, Scott Aniel who. Uh, was also at the G3 conference. I believe he has, he's, he's, he's kind of a leader there or what is he, Jimmy? Do you know he's like a, maybe an executive he, there or something? Yeah, he, he does. He has a lot to do with, uh, with the worship um, there. So he might be the executive worship pastor. I'd have to look that up to see what his exact title is, but right. um, yeah. So that was, that was, um, 
you know, the, the thing he does a lot with worship. He wrote a book on corporate worship, um, which I actually did buy when I was there. Um, thought it was very interesting. He had a breakout session um, there at G3 on worship and the, and the liturgy and the, and the, the order of worship, which I, I found to be very interesting. Took yeah. a lot of good notes on that. And so I think that's his, his main thrust. No, we actually, we, we interviewed him uh, when we were at G3 and he was on uh, one of the uh, episodes uh, for a short time. We interviewed him about, you know, his involvement, his move, because he was actually here in Texas and so forth. And, you know, just me personally, I, I've been really edified by the brother and a lot of the stuff that he's put out. I know I was even uh, listening to his podcast, uh, By the Waters of Babylon, mm -hmm. even uh, before I, uh, you know, knew of him uh, partnering with G3 and so forth. I know some of you were edified, had been edified by him as well. But this this tweet kind of got us talking. So let me go ahead and just read the tweet and then I'm going to throw it out for you guys and, and to get your thoughts. OK, because uh we, we had some internal discussions and we just kind of wanted to bring that discussion here uh, to the show. Maybe hopefully it'll edify somebody out there. So here's here's a tweet that got us talking. It says, if you say you believe scripture is sufficient, but you think the Holy Spirit communicates the meaning of scripture to you, you might not understand the sufficiency of scripture. So, uh, you know, just to break this down a little bit, he's what he's saying is that for the, for those of us who believe that scripture is sufficient, meaning that scripture is enough and it is all we need, sola scriptura, and we also believe that the Holy Spirit communicates uh, the meaning of that scripture to us, then we're we're contradicting ourselves. We we aren't sola scriptura. We don't believe in the sufficiency of scripture because we're needing something more than scripture to reveal its meaning. Uh, that's kind of what he's getting at there. So, thoughts, guys, on that tweet. See, there's a, there's this thing that uh, I guess it goes a little deeper for me. Um, and I've said this before. I'll say it again. I even talked about this a little bit today when I was talking to Pastor uh, Robert and Pastor Henry about this. But if I read pa Proverbs 3 and 5, where it says, um, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Uh, when I read that particular verse outside of Christianity, or if I was to read that as an unbeliever, that would make absolutely no sense to me. I would look at that scripture and think, whose understanding am I supposed to lean on? Uh, because I don't have any under uh, any understanding other than my own in a secular way, right? If I was a if it was a non-believer, if I was if I just didn't have this, but with the Holy Spirit, you know, guiding me uh, into all truth, uh, I believe that scripture starts to make a lot more sense. Um, when I read that scripture, it is the Holy Spirit that opens your eyes to the fact that I need to lean on him and not on my own understanding. In all my ways, I need to acknowledge him. Now, I, I could I, I could take that to another, uh, I could stretch that out a little further and say that that really does communicate also what, what Scott Annual is saying is, is that um, how do I acknowledge him? Well, I read his word, right? I, I get into the scriptures. I, I study it. I read it. I grow from it. Um, I, I pour it into myself so that when things come up, I can discern, you know, what the scriptures actually say about a certain topic or a certain subject or uh, anything I might come across. So I think that they, they play in tandem. I, I don't think that you can uh, truly say like the Holy Spirit has absolutely nothing to do with me understanding scripture. How would I understand scripture if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit guiding me? And that's that's where I start uh, when I look at that tweet. I would, you know, just second that and agree. I mean, if I'm taking the tweet in isolation, and we'll talk about, you know, uh, you know, the breakout a little bit later, but if I'm taking the tweet in isolation, on that tweet alone, on face value, I would disagree. Um, 
just because there's so much scripture. I mean, um, really, if, if you read 1 Corinthians 1, where Paul opens up, if you remember, Paul is, he's admonishing the Corinthian church because there's divisions going on. Uh, people are worshiping him. Uh, they're worshiping Apollos, Peter, and so on and so forth. And uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, and verse, uh, verse, verse 18, it says, for the word of the cross is folly. He's talking about, because previously he talked about the gospel, and he talked about how I didn't come to you with sort of fancy words and eloquence of speech and everything, but I came to you preaching Christ, right? So he says in verse 18, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. Who are those who are perishing? He goes on further. He says, but, uh, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, right? So those who believe the gospel, those who are the elect, those who have repented of their sins and been given a new heart, who believe the great gospel of Jesus Christ, it is salvation to us. It is life to us. But we would not have that mindset had it not been for the Holy Spirit giving us an understanding. Because to those who are perishing, to those who don't believe the gospel, it is fully, it, it, excuse me, it is folly. It is foolishness to them. And so that's where I would draw the line and I would disagree just on that small modicum in that particular area because of the fact that, you know, um, I guess my question would be for Scott Annual is if it is not the Holy Spirit who is giving me understanding, is it my own intellect? And if it's my own intellect, then I would say that goes against scripture because it is not by the strong. It is not by the wise because God makes the wise and what they believe foolishness, right? And Paul even goes on to say that in verses 18 through 22. But I understand what what he was trying to say and what he was trying to convey in that tweet. I would just disagree with the tweet on face value. Yeah, I mean, you can tell that he's obviously writing for something and against something. You know, Paul says in Romans, faith comes by hearing, hearing the, from the word of God. But, you know, when you don't know the Lord, you read scripture, it doesn't make sense. So I think you can't separate the two. It is the spirit that gives illumination and meaning to all of a sudden the word, where all of a sudden the lights come on and possessing the spirit, you are able to understand scripture. Um, so that's why I think the tweet, he kind of separates scripture and obviously the spirit. But I think the spirit leads us to the word uh, because obviously the spirit wants to lead us to the sun. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think he's he's pushing against something. And I think he probably needs to narrow down what he's trying to say concerning um, of the Holy Spirit and in, in interpreting scripture. Yeah, no, I agree with you guys. And I think, you know, we've, we've talked about this before on the episode and uh, we're pretty much we're open about uh, our cessationism. We believe, uh, you know, that special revelation has ceased with the canon. So we have an uh, issue with, you know, the, the charismatic movement that believes in continuing revelation and prophecy, speaking in tongues and so forth. Well, I say we all, but we all, I mean, uh, us three. I don't know where Robert stands. He might be a leaky, <laughs> a, a leaky cessationist. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but, but even at that, you know, and, you know, the tweet that I, I sent you guys when I saw this, I commented, you know, I'm as cessationist as they come. And I have a problem with this because I agree with you guys. I, I don't think that to say that the spirit illuminates, I, I don't think by any, by any means does that say or are we saying that the spirit is continuing to give ongoing revelation by leading or 
illuminating. And, you know, and furthermore, you know, besides scripture, and you guys uh, read some key texts, and we could throw more in. But I mean, I don't even think this is the reform position. I mean, we talked about that earlier about G3 being reformed. This is not even uh, the reform position. Let me just read from the 1689 uh, paragraph six. Uh, Nevertheless, we acknowledge the inward illumination of the spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things that are revealed in the word. So there we see that the uh, illumination of the spirit is necessary for for the understanding. Uh, John Owen, a popular reformed theologian, he, he adds this, the illumination of the Holy Spirit is the process by which God's Holy Spirit enables us to understand his word and apply it to our lives. If you look at all the the Reformed theologians that we read from, they're all going to agree that, yes, the Spirit does work in illuminating the the God's Word to us. But I don't think that by saying that, that is saying that we are... uh, we are advocating for some type of ongoing revelation. And, you know, I, I've seen, and I think you guys as well, we, we've seen cessationists like this, that they're, they're afraid to, uh, you know, give any room or ground to uh, the ongoing revelation that they right. just kind of want to just uh, seize the Spirit's work altogether. So that, that leads me to my next question. You know, what about, you know, leading? When we talk about being led by the Spirit, uh, you know, when we prayed earlier, we always prayed before the show. I, I always pray, Lord, lead us in this discussion by your spirit. I mean, is that a wrong prayer? Should we not be praying that? Should I pray something like, Lord, let me remember your word or, or something? Well, even that's the spirit helping me remember. But, uh, you know, what, what should we do here? Like, does the spirit do anything besides uh, bringing us to salvation? Because I, I do think that Scott Daniel, and, and we'll get to this a little bit later, too, with the, with the sermon that he that he gave. He does say that the spirit does still work today, but he his main work is in saving us and bringing us to salvation. But uh, that question, does the spirit lead, guide, illuminate? I want to start by saying this one thing that right after um, I got saved, I I had a hunger and a desire to get into the word, uh, to start to read the word. Um, And I don't think that comes from within myself if it wasn't the Holy Spirit pulling me towards that, right? Uh, drawing me into to to uh, try to try to study the word, um, and I've said this before. When somebody asked me, um, "When are you going to be done with that book?" I, I'm like, "Never. I, I'll never be done with this book." And I don't think that's a question. That, I don't think that's an answer that I give in my own in my own power or in my flesh. Um, I think that answer comes from the the fact that the Holy Spirit is within me, drawing me closer to the Word of God. Um, and as I study the Word, I can I can be more led, I guess, if, if that's a way to that I might be able to put it, I, I can be uh, better, maybe maybe a better way to put it, better led by the Spirit, uh, because the more I understand the Word, the more that I've grown and matured in the Word of God, uh, the Holy Spirit uh, is, is, is giving me a better discernment over decisions that I make, over daily tasks, in and out, through uh, day in, day out, uh, the kind of things that, that need to go on. Um, but that's, to me, it's, it's at work. Here's, here's a, Chris, when you ask that question, but I, I, I would say even this, you know, I I've told this story before and I don't even, I don't know if I told it on Solacast, but you guys all know this story. I've told you about, a, about a man in uh, the Liberty County jail that handed me a Bible, right? The guy walked up to me and said, here, you need this and handed me a little new Testament Bible. I can't tell you if that guy was saved or not. Uh, but there he was sitting in jail, <laughs> you know, and here, here he comes and he hands me this New Testament Bible. And I go to think about this one thing. Um, if God can use a donkey, Balaam's donkey, then uh, the Holy Spirit can move upon anyone and have them do something that is, you know, 
leading someone. So yeah, that was that was in 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 preparation to get my heart uh, right and and get saved. I get that, but we're talking about a man. I don't know whether he was saved or not, and I that that leads me to think about Balaam's donkey. What what? How do we limit the Holy Spirit and what He does? And see, this is something I remember Pastor Robert saying, and I'm you know stealing Robert's thunder when he says this. Over on the over on the charismatic side of things, if I was to look at the pendulum uh, as the charismatic side. And, and as as you know, cessationists or, or reformed guys, that pendulum swings, and sometimes it swings way too much the other way, uh, to where we say the Holy Spirit does absolutely nothing. But I've had experiences in my life that tell me, how did that happen? How did this guy end up wanting to get? And you know what? I try to thank that guy after I got to Romans five eight. Uh, God demonstrates His love toward us, and that while we were at sinners, it changed my life. That verse just absolutely tore me apart, um, convicted me, brought me to a. Uh, uh, repentance right um and i go to thank the guy and tell him hey i, I just want to thank you for man he did not want to receive my thanks i think he was angry about having to have having to give me that bible like he didn't want to give me that bible it was <laughs> like he was forced to give me that bible and he was kind of angry about it after the fact so when i want to go thank him uh and i i would just say that that's a work of the holy spirit how is it not the work of the holy spirit in that in that man to me in my life uh and so i i look at these things that uh, scott annual would say that that's experiential and and you can't trust yeah. that yes i believe there's a more sure word and my experience doesn't trump the more sure word but i definitely have to say i'm not going to attribute what that man did that day to i don't know demons speaking into his ears and telling him to hand me a bible i'm just not gonna i can't go there because i know that god has saved me and so um i don't know if if, if that makes sense and i i hope that's kind of answering yeah. your question maybe in a long roundabout kind of way well i would say that it goes more towards the practice right you know when we talk about orthodoxy we have to talk about orthopraxy and i think i think galatians um Galatians 5, uh, listen to Galatians 5, verse 16. I won't read all the verses, but I'll begin at verse, verse 16. So in Galatians 5 and 16, it says, but I say, and I'm reading from the ESV, it says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify, or I think the King James gets it right here, where it says, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things you want to do, right? Because the flesh wants to do the desires of its own, but the spirit is who convicts you to not fulfill those fleshly desires. Then of course, uh, he goes on to describe what the flesh is and all the different sister sins that go along with the flesh. He goes on to describe the spirit and the fruits of the spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, for which there is no law, right? And then he ends it like, like this. He says, and those who belong to, to Christ Jesus, verse 24, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited or self-centered or self-righteous, provoking one another, envying one another. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's as clear as day, contextual about how the spirit has its work in our heart. It's the reason why I don't add an extra zero or take an extra zero away on my taxes. It's the reason why I am convicted and I come back in the door and say, I'm sorry to my wife and I apologize. 
It's the reason why I ask my children for forgiveness, right? Yes, it is because the basis of it is the word which the Holy Spirit bore along these men to pin these things down. But, but there is a prompting. There is a direct conviction of the Holy Spirit that is convicting me to fight in war against what I would desire to do in, in, in my flesh. And so that's, that's biblical practice that is on display by the word of God. And Paul is admonishing the Galatians to stop leaning or stop relying on what you want to do in the flesh and obey the spirit. So I, I, again, I, I think I think the word of God is as clear as day on that. Yeah, I mean, it says it. Uh, Paul says that there to be. He's pretty much saying, "Hey, you need to be led by the Spirit, not by your flesh." And I, I think what we do, what we don't want to do is we're not pitting the Spirit against the Word. They work together. Exactly. You know, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like you know the Bible's very clear, and it's 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 uh, it's more sure when it speaks about evangelism. It tells you to go and share the gospel, but you know that in the day-to-day, there are times when, okay, you're hearing the sermon. You need to share the gospel. But then there are individuals who you feel led that I need to talk to at that moment. And so I think, you know, that's where, all right, the word is clear. But then sometimes in the micro of life, we live, you know, obviously uh, studying and reflecting on God. But God leads us to an individual. And you had those moments where you share with them and then the lights come on and they're like, hey, yeah, you know, I've been I've been needing to go back to church. You know, I remember when I was a kid and you can see where it's the hand of God working with individuals in sequence with his word because faith comes by hearing and the word motivates us to follow what the commandments to be evangelized. But in the micros of life, you meet individuals who you feel led to. Uh, and you know these things are hard to understand because we're talking about a triune God who's infinite, but yet the Spirit dwells within finite beings yeah. who are warring against still their flesh and the Spirit. So this is this is supernatural things, you know, uh, that guys smarter than us have been talking about and write about for thousands of years. <clears throat> but yeah, they're not warring against each other, but to be led by the Spirit. I think, though, in the West, we've got a lot of uh, semantic and super charismatic baggage. And I think that's why sometimes, like Jimmy was saying, you know, we we, we move too far away because the spirit masks the boogeyman. People are saying they're led by the spirit and being slayed. And then what does it mean to have a spirit-filled service, to be a spirit-filled person? Uh, all that semantics, I think, causes a lot of confusion. So sometimes yeah. we just kind of go the opposite direction. And, you know, I think that we, we do got to be careful and we do need to understand that the, the normal way that the spirit works is through the word of God. We shouldn't be looking for these, you know, special uh, divine appointments or whatever. I think that's when you get, you know, into the error of the charismatic movement where they're, they're leaning on experiences and, you know, divine appointments and, and all this uh, too much. Where, where some of these things, you know, like... Uh, like you're talking about, Jimmy, that 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 guy that brought you the Bible or you, you brothers were also talking about some of these things where, you know, you just being led to somebody to share the gospel, whatever. Some of these things just happen in the natural flow of the day, you know, and, and you don't realize that was the work of the spirit till after God did a, a work. Right. And it's not like we're looking for these like, Lord, I need this supernatural you know, experience today uh, for in order for for me to confirm that you're real, whatever. No, we 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 know that, and we trust by faith that that God is there with us, right? One of the um, 
the things that I did put in, in one of the tweets that I sent y'all is that to me anyway, it, it does seem kind of strange that any reform guy would would have a problem with uh, you know the high sovereignty of God. And when you think about the the, the high sovereignty of God, we're always going to say that God put us here or there, wherever you are. If you ask a reform right. guy, why are you married? Well, because God brought me to this wife. I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe I'm married to this person because God ordained it. Well, how did that happen then, right? How did God ordain it? Did, was there any work of the spirit involved in that? I would say yes. I think all of us would say yes. That is the spirit moving through God's will, through God's coordination through his plan. His plans will come to pass and he is going to orchestrate them through the spirit of God. So he's always orchestrating and always moving things. Now, we, again, that's not to say we're, we're supposed to be looking at for all these things and turning over sofas and couches looking for, you know, the, the supernatural or anything like that. <laughs> but we need to be uh, walking in God's word. And as we walk in God's word and the obedience of God's word, then we'll see uh, the spirit moving as we uh, as, as we walk in his word. You know, uh, Pastor Chris, when you when you say that, I think about evangelism. Right now, when I'm out there in the streets, it's one thing that I always talk about when, um, you know, I'm talking to a stranger on the streets and they talked uh, to me for several minutes and they've heard the gospel. I've taken them through the gospel. Uh, they now have a, a clearer or better understanding of the gospel uh, because the Holy Spirit is working uh, in me to to share with them um, the, the the true word of God. Um, and I've had even in Washington, there was a guy that, that as he was listening, he said, you know, I. After I talked to him, he said, I've never heard it put this way before. This makes sense to me. In that moment, um, I'm looking at him and I'm telling him, you know, I believe in a sovereign God. I believe in a God that, that uh, you know, uh, there's not a leaf that falls from a tree without his say-so, right? And if that's true, then you're standing before me for a reason, right? And uh, to hear this, to hear this good news. And so when I say that, I truly believe that that's the case, that every person that stops long enough to hear the gospel um, and even the people that that reject a gospel track and keep on going, that was that was ordained by God. That's that was meant to happen that way. Uh, and I, I truly believe that, you know, out there in the mission field, you, you can't really make a mistake as a as a as a missionary or an evangelist, uh, because, you know, God has ordained for who's going to who's going to hear uh, is going to stop and slow down. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're going to hear. Uh, and so uh, who does that? It isn't in my power to make somebody stop and slow down and and, and listen to me, and I, I can't force it upon them. If they're if they're gonna if they're gonna stop and hear, it's the Holy Spirit that's leading them. And so this is one of those things when it comes to evangelism. I I truly believe that the sovereignty of God plays a large role in who I get to talk to, when I get to talk to them, and um, you know whether they receive it or not. That's all the Holy Spirit's work. I. All I all I'm all I'm sent to do is 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 plant seeds, right? Uh to, yeah. to broadcast and, some seed. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's and that's what I think the danger is, just for my part. Again, like Pastor Chris said it said it uh beautifully. It's like no one here and no one in the camps and circles that I run in are are telling people to expect the spirit to do certain things or expect God to give you special revelation directly and things like that. But you know, I, I fall on the side where where if the pendulum swings too far over and it is not the Holy Spirit giving you impressions and prompting you and convicting you to fulfill his word, then I the only place that I can fall at is my own intellect or my own flesh or my wise words or my eloquency of speech or whatever. And Paul admonishes the church in multiple areas of scripture that 
It is not those things. It is not my intellect. It is not because I was born of noble birth. It is not by might. Like, it's not any of that. It is not because I'm intelligent for Jesus Christ chose ignorant and unlearned men. He has chosen the, you know, the, you know, the downtrodden and the poor and the unwise to confound the wise of the world. Um, so I don't want to ever rely on my flesh or rely on any intellect or, 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 or any evangelistic tool. I want to say and be confident. I am confident that I rely on the Holy Spirit and his work in me and his work to be active in reminding me of his word. And uh, I, I think that's the congruency that we cannot be afraid of. You know, we can be in these circles, but we can't be afraid of the spirit for the sake of the fact that somebody has abused scripture. Uh, I, I think that we need to make arguments to the contrary and be on guard, definitely for sure. But we can't go beyond what is written in scripture. Let me read a verse, uh, Romans 8, 13 and 14. Uh, from Paul, same guy who wrote Galatians. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. So I think when we recognize, obviously we're Christians, we have the spirit. We're led by it. And you see that you do things that, hey, when I was a non-believer, I wouldn't have done them. But as a believer, I do them now. Um, Paul is saying that's a sign of sonship, you know, because you are acting like your master, like your Lord. And so that's when you do, obviously, what God's word tells us to do as Christians. But, you know, you begin to see just your behavior. Uh, you're not as angry anymore. You're a better husband. You're a better dad. You reflect Jesus more, especially as you read the scriptures. And so being led by the spirit, being spiritual is being and acting like him. I mean, you're not Jesus. You're just going to still uh, make mistakes and sin. But, you know, so that's why I think when you go back and you just want to like, well, the spirit saves us, but that's about it. No, you're led by him. Uh, and I think you know, it's funny. I, I remember the church said it this morning. That is not the Christian life maturing and being more led by the Spirit and more. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, because you're more like Him, reflecting Him. So as you grow as a Christian, the Spirit should have more dominance and rule and influence on you to where you act like Jesus. So, and obviously Paul is saying here, he says, when you see that, confirmation that you're a son of God, not a son of obviously hell, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, I think what happens is that phrase led by the spirit has been hijacked, I think, by other, other, you know, religions and so forth. And it means something else. You know, being led by the spirit means, hey, I ran up front and I ran around the building or something. No, that's good because this is as pastors, this is what we, we, we teach, right? We teach that we need to be sanctified. We teach our people that sanctification is a working of God. And, and, and what is that? But a work of the spirit, right? In their right. life. Uh, we want our people and us ourselves to be displaying the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace. How do we display these things? It's not simply by a, a moral change. We don't sit up there and say, you know, you need to be more patient, more loving, all these qualities that that reveal the fruit of the spirit in you. We don't say you need you need to display these by changing your behavioral pattern. I mean, that you can do that in, in, in I mean, there's plenty of uh, self-help groups and plenty of other places where you can go to that'll teach you how to, you know, change the way you act or change the way you talk, change your speech and change all this. 
the mm. difference with, with Christianity, what we say is that you can't do this, but by the power of the Spirit of God moving in you, you can do this. It is the Spirit that is going to bear these fruit in you. It's not you. Going back to uh, the text that we always go to in Philippians, Philippians 2.13, right? It is it, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, but it is God who wills and works his good pleasure in you, right? It is God who's doing this work. How is he doing this work? Through the work of the Spirit. It is the Spirit working in you, shaping you, forming you, molding you, uh, sanctifying you, setting you apart, conforming you to the image of the Son. I mean, we don't do that just by by mere changing our our behaviors. We do that under the power of the Holy Spirit. I go back to the text in Acts 1-8 when Christ says, you know, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you look at these disciples and you saw a difference. What was the difference? It wasn't that they just, you know, understood clearly God's word more, that yet they did, but it was that the spirit was carrying them along. It was moving them along. It was emboldening them. It was it was conforming them. It was allowing them to display this, this fruit of the spirit and so forth. It was giving them power, which, and we would say it, it is the same today. We need the Holy Spirit's power to live this Christian life. We can't do it without it. I was having this conversation with somebody from the church this morning. We we're talking about the same thing. How can we live the sanctified life? We cannot do it on our own. It is the work of God who wills and works in us for his own good pleasure. Any good mm-hmm. that we do, is the act of the Holy Spirit working in us. I mean, we cannot live this Christian life without the Holy Spirit. And um, you were in Philippians, uh, Philippians 1, 6. We all know the, the scripture very well. I, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you uh, will bring it to completion uh, at the day of Jesus Christ. When you read that, I mean, who's at work in you? Yeah. And, and this is this is one of those things. It's the spirit that's at work in our hearts. I mean, uh, the conviction happens Um you know, different sermon. But Pastor Henry was on fire this morning uh, with some exhortation. Um, but it wasn't Pastor Henry. It was the Holy Spirit saying, hey, are you listening? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> are you listening? Because uh, when when you hear something like that, you're like, okay. Um, same thing. Uh, when, when I went to G3 this last week, and that's another thing. I mean, Scott Annual kind of, uh, when he put the tweet out uh, that you sent to us on September 9th, I'm sure he was preparing for the sermon that he was going to give at G3 uh, because it was al- it was along the same lines. Uh, but Daryl Harrison had a uh, another sermon that he preached on the second day of G3 uh, that was very convicting. Uh, when he got to the point where he uh, where he was saying, um, you know, why why do you call him Lord and then don't do what he says? Mm. Why don't you why don't you just call him something else, right? Why don't you just call him something? He is Lord, and you'll find that out. But if you're just not going to do what he says. Stop calling him Lord and go on about your business, right? I'm sitting here going, oh, you know, uh, while I hear that, I know it's the Holy Spirit convicting me because anybody outside of Christianity, any unbeliever that walks by listening to that is just going to say, ah, I don't really care what that guy has to say, right? But for me, I'm, I'm sitting here listening and thinking, he's directly at me about, about this. And, and that was convicting to me. And it wasn't Daryl Harrison. It was the Holy Spirit in me uh, agreeing with what he what he was saying as he was preaching out of the word of God uh, for conviction. Right. Yeah. And and that doesn't negate the fact that um, I nor I'm, I'm, I'm positive that Brother Daryl Harrison and everybody on this call would agree that my sermon doesn't get to go in the back of the, the Bible, the revelation. Right. Right. Um, I can I can deny the fact that. Um, that I'm not receiving direct revelation from God that is 
nowhere near the same level as direct revelation of Isaiah or Paul or whoever. Um, but it is a spirit's work that prompts me to be able to pin down the things that I, that I, that I write. It is not holy scripture. And I, I, I don't see the problem in holding both of those views. You know, to me, those views don't contradict each other. Like they, like they are perfectly congruent with the word, the word of God. The, the spirit is having its way. It's doing its work. It is not me, but it is a spirit that works in me uh, to do all these things, um, to fulfill the word that I have received, that I've read, to understand the word. But it's not special revelation um, where I'm going to say that, you know, I'm an apostle or I received some brand new revelation or revelation is ongoing. I, I think you can hold that to be true. Both are true and they don't have to, you know, be opposing views. Yeah, you know, that brings up an interesting topic that y'all both were covering, the Spirit of God and preaching. You know, um, you know, the Spirit of God works with us as we're studying the Word. You know, we're using, obviously, our mind and intellect, but then, you know, what the Spirit of God, you know, brings that our the people of God need to hear. Then you're delivering it, and man, you know, I've been there where, man, random people visit, you know, or people who You've been like uh, working with and show up and then your sermon, you felt like it wasn't even that good, you know, and it lands like bricks on them, you know, and they're like, hey, what must I do? And you realize that, man, I'm just like, I'm like wood and pieces of ivory, but God puts it together and plays music. Um, and then you see that it's just the spirit of God working. He's using, he's working with through the word. He's bringing people to see Christ, and we obviously, because God likes to use people, uh, the weak things of the world especially, see all that. So, I mean, that's why I think, you know, when you start talking about the Spirit of God, man, he is in and around the Christian ministry, the work of the church, yeah. and obviously bringing people uh, to the Lord. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, not only that, but we've all experienced this where, you know, I'll be writing a sermon, and I'll send the sermon to Jimmy, and Sometimes Jimmy will translate, another brother will translate, you'll, you'll translate, uh, obviously, uh, the actual text of scripture. But then, you know, we, we want to even speak with our worship leader. And all of a sudden, the songs that are chosen are, I mean, almost one-to-one -one with the message. And, you know, there's been times where Chris has, has preached a sermon or, you know, we have two services. And it's like both sermons, like they go right together. Because, I mean, obviously, the word of God is, is one story. And it goes together, but man, like I can't sit up here and deny this fact that like these things are not coincidental. And right. if we believe in the sovereignty of God, we don't believe in coincidences. We believe mm. that God is orchestrating everything. Uh, and I believe that, that that's also the Spirit's work. So that happened today in, in the bilingual service. I mean, the the message that Pastor Robert preached on Ruth had the question: Why would you? Why would you have favor upon me? Why would you even look at me and? Uh, mm. And like this, and this was a, the question that Ruth had for Boaz. Why would you look upon me like this? And then the last song that we sang had that exact verbiage in the song. And it's not like Jonathan, you know, our worship uh, leader. I don't know what we call him, worship Gestapo or worship uh, uh, guru? What, the guru. The czar. The czar, yeah. <laughs> not, not anymore, bro. Not since he had the baby. Uh, <laughs> 
why 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 he would choose that particular song because there is no uh, uh hey let's plan this out to where it's 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 congruent like that or just like it goes together that's a work of the holy spirit and we all knew it yeah. uh when it was going on when i was singing it i was like man this every time I, i'm singing a song of course okay guys i'm on the worship team so i'm up there and i'm reading through the song that we're that we're singing here last and i'm saying and this fits perfectly with the, with the message that we just heard Here's a question for you, Jimmy, and it'll lead to our our closing discussion. Okay. During that song, were you raising your hands? (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, (coughs) it's funny because I I, I will tell you that uh, there are some times that I will raise my hands, uh, but I don't I don't feel like um, I don't feel like I've been brainwashed into it or something. I, I don't think that this has been something over the course of my life, because more than more often than not. I don't raise my hands. I'm not. I'm not one to raise my hands very often. Uh, but there are times, and when the times I d- I do raise my hands uh, in worship, it's because man, I'm just loving what we're singing, and I it's just it's just a part of me wants to lift up my hands uh, in in worship. Uh, I I know that people will look on that and say, well, where do you get that from? Is that is that scripture? Well, actually, I I just just i know the one article that we talked about yeah, yeah <laughs> so no, that's why that's why i asked that so yeah, yeah before we close let's go ahead and talk about this a little bit i know i don't know if these two uh you know topics are related but it's another thing that got us talking and we kind of wanted to throw it out there as well because there's a another article uh, that g3 put out it's called raising hands in worship biblical practice or conditioned behavior the author is chris king i'm not too sure he's, i believe he's a pastor somewhere i'm not too sure who he is but uh basically the article is saying that the uh the pattern of, of raising your hands in worship is something that's new. It's not something that, uh, you know, has been around throughout church history and uh, where it comes from. It comes from the basically the charismatic movement and kind of people picking it off of each other, seeing somebody lift their hands and we just do it. Nobody really has an answer. If you're to ask somebody why they raise their hands in worship, nobody really has a clear answer from the Bible because there's no New Testament command to raise your hands. He mentions uh, 1 Timothy 2.8 that some people do point to in raising your hands, but I do agree with him what he says that 1 Timothy 2.8 is speaking about prayer. So I think that is a a bad text to go to to support your view of raising hands. Uh, However, thoughts guys is it wrong to lift our hands in worship is, is there no let me, biblical command to do so let me tackle this first because i do want because again I, and i'm pretty sure you guys can also relate but i want to be extremely gracious to the brother because i don't know him um and i was able to read the article all the way through twice um and i i and i i do see his argument just 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 like i see a lot of these brothers arguments and i also see their heart as well because you do want to discourage experiential things that are not based upon the spirit and based upon the word of God. You don't want, because I've 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 seen children, and, and this is this is where I, I get upset. We had a podcast about this, about people coasting children into like, you know, praying in tongues or, you know, I mean, even raising your hands and you know, doing doing all these things based upon, you know, what they see other people do or what they're pushed to do. So I I I, I wholeheartedly hear the brother's plea and see the brother's heart in it. Um, it's just that when he lands <laughs> on the position, first of all, I think it's an opinion. I, 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 don't, I don't think that we can get that directly from scripture because the imperatives that we have for worship are predominantly coming from the Old Testament. I mean, when you look at, I mean, Psalms, I mean, 
I mean, it, it's all throughout Psalms, and, and I see his argument, but, but you know, the brother missed many, many areas. So, you know, you have places like uh, Psalm 28, too. It says, hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Psalm 63, 4. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. And I know people are already saying, well, that's David speaking. That's the worship leader speaking, et cetera, et cetera. But look at this. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night of my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. Psalm 77, 2. Psalm 88, 9. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you. Oh, Lord, I spread out my hands to you. Psalm 141 and verse 2. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting up of my hands as an everlasting sacrifice. Psalm 143, 6. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Psalm, one, <coughs> Psalm 134, 2. Lift up your hands to the holy place, talking about the temple, and bless the Lord. And on and on it goes. You can go to Nehemiah, Ezra, Lamentation, 1 Kings, uh, 2 Kings, Exodus, multiple times in scripture there's an imperative to lift up your hands. Now, what I am not saying is we should coast people into doing this, but I want to make uh, uh, not an analogy, but I, but I want to say, is there a scriptural imperative to close our eyes whenever we pray? Is there a scriptural imperative right. to bow our heads whenever we pray, right? Because when we look in scripture, when people bow their heads, they're usually bowing their head in shame or in sackcloth and ashes, which is just another outward form of shame, right? So it's like, yeah, there are things that that we that we do in respect and that we're that we're prompted to do or whatever. And yeah, sure, there is going to be some bleed off, and people are going to pick up things. Children are going to pick up things. But I believe this is another one of those portions where we're we're swinging too far, and we're sort of. You know, we're straining at gnats here. I mean, just just in my personal opinion. But I do see the other side because there is a danger to coasting people into these behaviors. And I think that's wrong as well. Yeah. You know, I, I want to thank you, Pastor Henry, for uh, saying, you know, about the graciousness toward, toward Scott Annual as well, because I do believe he's a brother in Christ. I just, uh, you know, I, I, you know, even talking to him at G3. Uh, I mentioned to him, hey, uh, you know, when when we did the breakout, I was close enough to to ask him, hey, are you gonna? Is this breakout gonna be controversial as well? And he said, <laughs> he he said, what do you mean as well? And I said, well, you know, and he said, okay, do we want to scrap this and just talk about the Holy Spirit and what He does? Yeah, we want to scrap this and, and talk about what the Holy Spirit does. And he said, he said, uh, well, you'll have to wait to the book for the book. So he's gonna write a book about about this, but. Uh, saying that, you know, gracious to both him and Chris King uh, for yeah. writing this article, because I, I, I definitely as well see that we did an episode on this podcast about the exploitation of children, right? When it comes yeah. to like, we had a seven-year-old preacher uh, from, was it Peru or Brazil? I don't, I don't remember exactly which one, but uh, putting a seven-year-old kid out there to preach, like he was actually understanding what he was preaching was, yeah. was uh, in our eyes, exploitation. Right. Um, and so if that's where, where they're going with this, I can I can totally understand the admonishment to be careful with with something like this. Uh, but I do appreciate Chris King's, uh, you know, uh, pointing us to the scriptures that say, hey, let's not let's not uh, do something that uh, hurts the young brother that doesn't understand these things. Um, 
you know, just like, you know, don't eat meat. Uh, if the, if the, if the guy thinks that eating meat is wrong, you know, don't eat meat in front of him. I, I get that. Um, one of the things though, is I, I, I would say this, I mean, we're, you know, we're reformed Baptists. And if I read Psalms 150 and I get to the, I get to verse four, where it says, praise him with the tambourine and dance. And <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here and say, um, you know, it's in there. Right. Well, why don't we do it if it's there? Right. Uh, but from the opposite side of things, you see, I, I don't think that 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 we do it because we get to, you know, First uh, Corinthians 14, where the very last verse, let let all things things be done decently and in order. And, and I, to this day, I've only met very few people that can play the tambourine well. And so and, <laughs> and the dancing and the dancing part, I just, you know, I just like they're not in step. And so. I, I would I would just say this when it comes to the uh lifting of holy hands or lifting of hands is uh to to Pastor Henry's point. When I'm singing, there are times when I am just worship in worship mode. And I just want to lift up a song to my God. Right. And in those moments, I will close my eyes. I will just say, This is for you, God. I'm singing for you because I love you. Right. And if my hand happens to go up, because I love the Lord, I <laughs> I don't I don't really need the article to tell me I shouldn't be doing it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> I, I I would look at that and say I think there's I think there's a, a maybe a little bit of a flaw in that in that type of thinking because um, are we are we getting too regulated? Right? Um, I man, believe me, uh, the regular principle of worship it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I was going through when I was in a church with the normative. Uh, principle of worship. And so my eyes have been opened uh, a lot to to what we should be doing, how we should be worshiping the Lord. Um, but I don't think that it's not pleasing to the Lord when we lift up holy hands in true worship. Those who worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. And I don't think that when I lift my hands to him in worship, uh, which is rare, I don't do it all the time, but sometimes there are moments when I feel like I just want to lift my hands to him, right? Um, I don't think I'm doing that out of the spirit of error. Um, I think I'm doing it in truth. Um, and uh, I'm, you know, or you could say I'm being led by the flesh. I don't know. Am I being led? <laughs> so. Is he, is he Pastor Robert? Is he being led by the flesh? <laughs> why, why you only lift up your hands when the cameras are on, brother? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you know, I, I think y'all make great points. I think, yeah, he's writing against not to condition people to that response. Right. But, you know, I remember uh, Maroon, uh, you know, nine-year-old asked me one time, you know, Robert, no, why why'd you raise your hands? And I told him, I said, you know, we have this inward, obviously, worshiping God in, with our spirit. But what our spirit at times is feeling, our body responds. Like Henry mm. was saying, when we pray, why do we close our eyes? Why do we bow our heads? Why do we get on our knees sometimes? Because, you know, we are doing something inwardly. But our body, you know what, it, it has, it's like has these cues where it puts us in these places. Sometimes you pray better with your eyes closed. But, hey, I don't got a problem if you got your eyes open. And so, you know, I, was telling, <laughs> I told Ramon, I said, you know, here's the thing. People go to football games, soccer stadiums, and they scream, they yell, they jump, and they lift up their hands. Wow. Because what? They're excited. You know what I mean? 
or they're moved by a speech, you know, at some at some sort of event. I said, when we're in this room, we're worshiping God. You know, hey, I lift up my hands because what, man, I'm praising God. I, I'm I'm finding joy in a lyric and a hymn that focuses me on Him. And I'm like, hey, I'm not saying you got to do it. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to tell Ramon, hey, you got to do it if you feel that. No, I just, as I'm worshiping God, I do those things. Because, you know, I, th I thought about in Ruth. It's funny because, you know, I preached that. She asked the question, you know what I mean? Hey, who am I that you have given me favor? But if you read the verse, and this is the, 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 the physical cues, mm. she fell on her face. Yeah. You know, Man, she fell yeah. on the ground on her face. And that says something about what? Or what's going on inside. So with us, when we lift up our hands, you know, if you're being genuine, you know, you're not being, you know, influenced or cued by other things. The cameras. Because you're worshiping, <laughs> you're worshiping, the, you're worshiping God. And so I think, you know, that, that I think I get what he's speaking against because there are places like, you know, everyone lifts their hands. So you got to lift your hands. And sometimes you have worship leaders who are trying to manipulate the room. They're like, you know, hey, we're changing the atmosphere here. Hey, raise up your hands. Like, don't tell people to do things. They just say, hey, however they feel like expressing it. You know, just think, kind of thinking through this, and we, we obviously see that there is a precedence for lifting up your hands in the Old Testament. And, and Jimmy, you mentioned Psalm 150 about the dance and so forth. And I'm just thinking that it seems to me that if there is not uh, some type of uh, negation or abolishment of the law in the New Testament, other than, you know, the laws that we see fulfilled and summed up in Jesus Christ, that right. uh, then, then, you know, we should be able to still practice at least that pattern, right? Unless, again, some there's something in the New Testament that kind of uh, either abolishes it or, or negates the law in some way. And I'm just thinking about the dance because you did get you, you did bring up a good a good point about 150. We're Reformed Baptists. Why don't we just allow anybody to dance? When the New, <laughs> in the New Testament, we do have the command to, to do things in decently and decently in an order. And I think that when you're when you're lifting up your hands, there's nothing indecent about that. And there's nothing out of order about that. You're not bothering anybody uh, when you're lifting up your hands in, 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 uh, in uh, praise and worship. And I think that pattern that we see, uh, it goes on. And it's a theme that runs through scripture that that we lift our hands to bless God. Right. And mm. uh, in, in the Old Testament, we saw that and even in, even if you want to go into uh, the uh, pastoral benediction, what do we do at the end? We lift our hands. To, to bless bless the people. Yeah, good point. Uh, but um, you know, and, and it's not us. I mean, we're not doing anything. It's the word of God that is blessing them, and it is God blessing them. And it's not like it's God's praising them. I'm going through Ephesians right now, and just went through Ephesians uh, one three, and it says, you know, blessed be God the Father who blesses us in Christ Jesus. So there's a there's a mutual blessing going on. We bless God. God blesses us. Now the blessings work out a little different. God doesn't praise us like we praise Him, but we do bless Him. And if you see the pattern in the Old Testament, there was a pattern of blessing through raising your hands. And we do, our, a form of praise to God is a blessing to God. Ephesians tells us that. So when we bless God, I think we see a theme throughout scripture that there is a, a precedence to raise our hand when we are blessing God. Uh, now, whether to dance or not, I think that's for another uh, podcast uh, episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling all of your cessationist cards, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I, I'll, I'll um, be gracious on the opposite end, and I'll, I'll tell this really, really short, quick, quick story. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a brother I know in Christ. He's probably listening to this now. Um, and, you know, he was looking for a church home. Like, he was looking for a church home seriously because uh, he came to the reform view 
Uh, we've had talks and discussions for really over 10 years now, and he's really grown in his, his uh, theology. I think the first book I gave him was Everybody's a Theologian by R.C. Sproul. And, you know, the brother is just, he just, I, I've watched his growth. He, he's become really, really solid in his, in his theology. And this was one thing that he was, that he, he was convicted of on the opposite end. He was looking for, for, you know, you know, for new churches and mostly reformed churches. And the thing that he said was, he's like, man, like, you know, like, I just feel like they're just saying words and they're not really truly worshiping God. And it's like, he's like, you know, my wife feels uncomfortable because they give her funny stares and they're looking at her crazy and everything. And, you know, this guy, he was almost moved to tears because of the fact that he wants to worship God. He went to a few churches that you know, they didn't evangelize. Same thing. He's like, he's like, are, are we just going through the motions of words on a page or are we truly worshiping the God who saved us? You know, are we not moved to evangelize? Are we not moved to worship? Does not our theology drive our doxology, right? Um, and, and, and so I will say that that's the reason why we have to be, I, I, I just hate the word balanced because the balance just implies that we're trying to play some fence sitting neutral position. But I would say we, we have to be congruent with the word. We have to be truthful. And we can't turn to the right hand or to the left hand. We have to be true to Jesus Christ. And no matter what we see on the left or right hand side, we can't swing the pendulum because we have an opinion. All we can do as ministers of the gospel is have the guardrails as best we can, but we can't go beyond what is written in scripture. Scripture is our, we believe in sola scriptura. It's 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 not it's been a it's been a, a the basis of of my life since I got saved, right? It's been the authority that I go to uh, every single time. My my sister will tell you this, you know, when she used to come to me and ask me uh, questions or she needed some counseling or she's just asking questions because she's going through something. Uh, man, I couldn't I couldn't possibly have uh, counseled her without the word of God, right? Like uh, every time she'd come to me and tell me, "Hey, I've got this going on." You know, I want to talk to you about it. I'd look at her and say, well, let's see what the word says. And I'm picking up my Bible to open up uh, to some scriptures that I think would help her in those moments. Uh, whatever the case may be, the, the word of God is sufficient for all our needs in our Christian life. Right. Uh, but without the Holy Spirit leading us to that one place. Right. Mm -hmm. that, that might that we might need to use. Uh, in a counseling situation, in a situation where uh, where we're looking to answer a question or a doubt that someone might have, or or, or things like that. So uh, while you know, uh, you know, I went to G three. I enjoyed myself, man. Talking to those brothers was was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of people there that are like minded, thinking like like we are. Uh, the controversy I think that we had in uh, listening to Scott Annual's sermon and uh, seeing the tweet that he had. Uh, was just this one thing. I think that that you know uh, he's a brother. Like I said before, and I want to be gracious to him about this. Um, but I do think that the the spirit, the Holy Spirit in our lives. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I don't go to a Pentecostal church anymore. I don't see the the, the spirit as the be all end all of everything. And if the Holy Spirit moves, we didn't even need to have the Word of God preached today because the Spirit moved today. You know. And so I'm just, I, hey, you know, uh, no, I, I don't see it that way. The Word is central. Uh, and if the word isn't preached, we missed something, right? If somehow, some way, the service got away from us and we didn't preach the word of God, we missed, we missed by a long shot. Uh, yeah. and, and so I think, I think that that's, 
that is the basis. Um, and so I don't want us to miss that. I think that that doubles down a little bit on what Pastor Henry was saying. Um, we do believe that the scriptures are sufficient. Yeah, no, good stuff, guys. Uh, I hope uh, everyone out there enjoyed that episode. We're not going to have time to to find out who's responsible, what denomination is responsible for transgenderism, but maybe next time. <laughs> the jury is out. <laughs> oh, man. The jury's still out on that one. Well, maybe next time we'll get to the bottom of that one. But anyway, <laughs> if you have any questions, any pushback, anything to add, uh, make sure you uh, find us online. You can uh, check us out on our website www.thesolarcast.com. You can also find us on social media at solar underscore cast on Twitter. And you guys are at? I'm at Los Jimmy. And I'm at Knox Broadcast. And Pastor Robert? You got, you got, I can't you remember his handle. I'm not froze like y'all, man. Come on, bro. <laughs> I'm not froze like y'all. Hold on. Uh, it's it's, it's it uh, at Rob underscore Castillo oh. 77. Yeah, there you, you go. So, yeah, so make, make sure y'all find I'll that. <laughs> also on Instagram, at uh, the Solar Cash. You can also find us on Facebook. Just uh, search for the page, like it, share it. Make sure you also check out our partners from the Bar Network. There you can find other excellent podcasts like Hearts for the Lost. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you check that out also. And we want to thank uh, Pastor Robert for joining us on this episode. We really appreciate it, brother. Thank you uh, yeah. for your time. Thank tonight. you for having me. Yeah. But anyway, until next time. Let's get to the meat. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Okay. I just made this beat right now. I'm MC Goya. Okay, listen. Hey, I'm on the ground like El Chapo in a tunnel, eating about 12 tacos. I'll put you in a box like a gato. Punchline stay in my mouth like Mr. Sacco. Jay thinks he runs Christian hip hop. He wears white socks when he wears his flip flops. And he looks like Shook Knight I put him in a chokehold and say goodnight It's not music but clothes that he started I can find better shirts in a flea market Okay Google, who's the best rapper? Goya, Rat and Grace is full of slackers